Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, the Ford government has announced big sweeping changes to health care, and it's aimed at uh, streamlining services. So gone are the local and provincial health networks. And this was 20 health agencies full of, of pencil pushers. 600 of these people were on the sunshine list, making over 100 grand. And that's not the executive level. So all of that is going to get folded into this super agency. And I'm sure, yes, there will be people losing jobs at the executive level for sure. But the goal of this is to consolidate everything, including the you know, e-health, telehealth, marketing, recruitment agencies, and yes, things like cancer care. Put them all into this one area and streamline services so you get rid of all the redundancies. But basically, this is supposed to help you and me navigate our medical system more efficiently. I want to bring in uh, my next guest. She's a best-selling co-author, Navigating Canada's Healthcare, which is a user guide to getting the care you need. She was also the first director of health policy under the Harris government. Francesca Grasso joins me now. Great to have you with us tonight, Francesca. Um, a lot will be, you know, unpacked from today's announcement, but the overwhelming takeaway is that this government is is finally trying to get rid of some of the bureaucracy that I think has been kind of um, gumming up the health system. Is this the right direction? I, I was elated today, so I would say yes. And I, and I would say it's it's more than just getting rid of bureaucracy, Alex. It's really about ensuring that we break down the barriers and the silos. You know, we have people waiting in hospitals when the hospital physicians have told the patient, you shouldn't be here anymore. You need to get rehab in the community. And yet they're stuck there waiting for an assessment from home care. So this is a person who works for one of the you know government structures to come and do an eligibility assessment. And they could wait. I mean, in the case of my mother, she waited three weeks. She waited three weeks in a hospital and got pneumonia-acquired, mm-hmm. um, uh, hospital-acquired pneumonia, waiting for something that then the eligibility test basically told her exactly what the physicians had said, you know, weeks uh, before. So we have to break down barriers, and I was really heartened to see that the direction they're going in is exactly that. It's to force providers to work together as a team. For you, the patient, whether you go to your family doctor, you go to a hospital, it doesn't matter. Your care should be seamless, and those providers have to start thinking about how they're going to route you through that system in a way that makes sense for you. Okay, so how then then simplify it for me and characterize what it would look like, uh, you know, if I had to, or let's say someone had to navigate the medical system under this new and improved system. Well, eventually what it will look like, because I do think, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, so they're going to they're gonna start going out with, I understand, these local health networks that are going to be, you know, a hospital gets together with a home care provider or a few uh, family practices, et cetera, and they form this group. Where they're going with this is that when you access your family doctor or whatever, you will have access to your record. 
your record, the important salient information, will follow you through the system. Your navigation to the next setting of care will happen uh, without, you know, having to navigate disparate organizations that don't, you know, that you're on a wait list for this. In other words, it would be like being in one organization going through the various departments, like a hospital. You know, they're all different departments, but they know where you are and they push you through to the next uh, level. So it's going to be as though they all work for one entity, and they're going to be held to account on how well they route their patients through the system and they are responsive to the patient's needs. Okay, and so that sounds fantastic. But then, you know, one of the agencies being folded under would be the eHealth, uh, which has been an absolute disaster. I think it costs upwards of $8 billion and it still doesn't work. And I think $8 billion, we could have paid for the whole new medical system. But all of those agencies will be now folded into this so-called super agency. Um mm-hmm. Is is essentially is eHealth then going away and this becomes the new network? No. So so you have two different things. You have the providers that are actually providing the care, uh, and that is those networks that I'm talking yep. about, right? So they basically are getting government out from in the middle of the provider patient relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not going to have what used to be CCACs or LINs, et cetera, that have to come in and assess you and all this stuff. They're getting government out from in the middle. They're going to force these, you know, basically, I shouldn't say force. They're going to get organizations working together. Now, at a different level, they are also going to address the over-administration that we have created in our healthcare system where we have a number of different government, crown corporations and agencies, all with their own mandates, with their own visions, duplicating a lot of back office, etc. And they're going to pull them all together in one entity called Ontario Health. And that entity will be made up of a number of different uh, activities. So you'll have the clinical activity where they will house things like Cancer Care Ontario. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to disrupt the functionality of what works in a lot of these agencies where they work. But what they're going to do is they're going to house them all under one. So they're consolidating those back offices. They are also enabling greater support. So, for example, digital care will likely be one of the offices within this this agency, and it will be able to support and inform scalable solutions across the system. We don't have scalable solutions. If you go to Sunnybrook Hospital, you have my chart. You have a record that you can actually view the things that you have, you know, had in the hospital, etc. But if you go to a hospital uh, elsewhere, you don't have access right. to that. Right. It's very patchy. Everybody's creating their own solution. And by now, let's face it, technology has, you know, moved on. And a lot of this stuff is pretty much off the shelf. There are apps being used now. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to hardwire everything right. anymore. So I think that that portion is really what the government is doing behind the scenes to 
facilitate the transformation in a way that it, it can work better. I think there is some concern when you hear, you know, cancer care is going to be folded into a so-called super agency. A lot of people will say, no, don't touch that. That's been such a successful program in yeah. Ontario. So, but yeah. that's that's clearly not changing, according to you. The, the, well, the care I, will I, still be I there. Gotta, yeah, yeah, I've heard this argument again and again and again, and frankly, I, I, I don't get it because... I was there when we started Cancer Care Ontario. I worked in government when we started Cancer Care Ontario, okay? And it started with just cancer, and it started very small. Since then, we all agree it's a gold standard. But guess what? It doesn't just deal with cancer anymore. Right. This is this fallacy that it is laser-focused on one disease. It is not. They've used a lot of the uh, management of disease know-how to look at renal care, for example, and other chronic uh, diseases. So all that is being proposed is to take that know-how and many of the, the people that are probably in there and bring them over where they can inform the entire healthcare system with regard to different disease states. Their focus will not be taken away from what they're doing well, mm -hmm. but there is a lot that can be learned so that we can ensure that it's not just the cancer system that is a gold standard and other chronic diseases, but a whole host of afflictions. You know, we've got to get away from this tunnel, this, this siloed thinking. Right. You know, when a person has cancer, usually their first uh, um, interaction with the healthcare system is not with the cancer system. It is with their family doctor because they have a symptom. Right. So cancer is part of the patient trajectory, and I think that there should be an onus on them to help inform and help bring up other diseases as well. Uh, yeah, I don't get the sense that we're actually saving money because I don't get the sense that that's the exercise here. Uh, but I do get the sense that, that people will lose jobs because there are going to be redundancies in, in the system, clearly. Um, but is this, in your view, uh, what should have been done years ago? Is this today yeah. going to actually show some tangible results? And how long will that take? Yeah, I think a couple things. First of all, I do think they will save money. I think that there will be a consolidation. I think if you look at the lens with all the CEOs and yeah. the 84 vice presidents and everybody has their own back office and you can't coordinate anything between the two because they customize all of their IT, mm -hmm. so you can't even compare apples to apples, we will save a lot of money that I understand from what I'm hearing from government that they want to redeploy to care. So that's always been something that I think should have been done. I got to tell you the truth. Back in the day when they created the LINS, the idea of the LINS sounded very good. Uh, if you listen to the brand, Local Health integrated networks that gave the idea there was going to be these local bodies that were really going to listen to the community and that they were going to be uh, the people that were going to usher in integrated health system. Nothing could be further from the truth. They really weren't very local. They didn't have carriage of the whole healthcare system, so they didn't oversee, for example, family doctors, which is, I'd say, pretty big when it comes to integrating care. They never integrated care, and they ended up becoming barriers to care when they started to deliver some home care services, though not all, or being the eligibility stewards. I think we absolutely need to simplify. I do believe that, that, uh, that this is welcome. It's a welcome change, and I'm actually quite excited because I think 
what we've been hearing and what I was hearing back, uh, you know, just before the election is providers really wanted to be able to work with their patients to come up with solutions instead of having everything top down by a bunch of government officials. And this is what this government is also delivering on. Well, I hope it's the uh, sign of new things in improved service, but uh, we'll stay tuned. Thanks so much for uh, giving us some of your insight. I really appreciate it, Francesca. You're welcome. Take care. And that is Francesca Grosso joining us tonight. So, so just take a step back, let this thing unfold as it should, and uh, I, I think they're on the right track with this one. We'll see. We'll see. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.